Good morning. We are um, carrying on our, um, our way through um, the Gospel of Matthew this morning, and so we're going to kind of get straight into it this morning, because uh, it's chilly, isn't it? So we want to get through and want the Word of God to warm us this morning and warm our hearts. Um, and so this morning, we're in Matthew chapter 8, so if you've got a Bible, you can turn it to Matthew chapter 8, and if not, don't worry, the words will be on the screen for you. Um, we have three stories, th- mainly, mainly three stories of healing this morning, but as we're going to see, it's more than about healing. It's more than about healing this morning. That's not, that's not simply the focus of why Matthew includes these stories for us this morning. Um, and so we've got these three stories of healing, uh, and we've called this sermon series, Come the Revolution. Come the revolution, because Jesus, Jesus is this revolutionary king coming. You know, revolutions are normally quite bloody, aren't they? Revolutions are are often, um, there is death. But actually, you know, in this revolution, what do we see? We see healing, we see life at the forefront. Um, And so, come the revolution, this is Jesus, our revolutionary king, showing us afresh who he is, what kind of king he is. And so that's what we're going to see this morning. As we look through the lens of these healings, we're going to see more of who Jesus is and what he's come to do. So let's read this passage this morning, going from Matthew chapter 8. When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cured of leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see to it that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I'll go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come to my, under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed that very hour. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Simon's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with the word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. Wow. Okay, so let's look at this first healing, this, this man with leprosy. 
See, leprosy, when, when, it, when the Bible talks about leprosy, it doesn't mean what we might think of as leprosy in our uh, modern-day idea of that condition. Normally, when the Bible's talking about leprosy, it's talking about a number of different conditions, maybe skin diseases primarily, that people could have. And this man has that condition. But it's not only in illnesses. Obviously, it comes with other challenges as well. You know, your friends would keep away from you because you had this disease. You were to be kept at a distance. You weren't allowed to worship in the same way that others would. I don't think you'd be allowed in the temple because of this skin disease, because of this leprosy. You know, some of us had to endure 10 days isolation, didn't we? What it was like to be kept at a distance, perhaps hidden away in a bedroom or in our home, no one coming to see us. Imagine a lifetime of that. And this is this man's life. And, you know, he's, he's too unclean, they, they think, to be with everyone else. That's why, that's why when he comes to Jesus, he doesn't say, you can make me well. What does he say? You can make me clean. You can make me clean. And, and what does Jesus say? Jesus says, I'm willing. I'm willing. And re- he reaches and touches the man. He touches him. Wow. This man probably hasn't been touched In a very long time, he reaches and touches him. Not only is Jesus breaking every social distancing rule, he's become a close contact. (laughs) But this is God come to us, isn't it? This is God come to us. He he can't become unclean by touching this man. How can God become unclean? He touches the man and heals him. He shows his compassion. That's the first thing we learn. Compassion matters. Compassion matters. See, this, this man doesn't doubt whether Jesus can heal him, actually. What he doubts is, is, is he willing? Is he willing to heal me? Is he compassionate, this man's saying? See, perhaps you have this, and, we, and sometimes we all do at times, have this image of God as this kind of stern, uncaring, unfeeling being who doesn't care for us, who doesn't care for what we're going through. You know, as we sang that song, your goodness is running after me. Perhaps some of us kind of go, that's not God. That's not God to me. No, no, he is compassionate. He is compassionate. So much so, so much so that he restores this man, not simply physically, but also in many other ways as well. Because, you know, he says to this guy, Look, go and show yourself to the priest. He helps the man enter back into society, enter back into friendship and relationship and to worship because Jesus realizes that health is not just the issue that this man has. It's much bigger. It's much wider. He's compassionate and he shows his compassion for the whole man, not just for his physical body. See, that's the goal, isn't it? The goal, the goal of life is not just... Actually, the goal of life is not just physical wellness, is it, actually? It's much more, as we're going to see as we go through this passage. Jesus is compassionate. Secondly, we'll look at this centurion servant. So the centurion is a Roman guard, okay? Think of a, think of a Roman guard who's in charge of soldiers. Do we get that? This is this centurion. And uh, he comes to Jesus on behalf of his servant, and what happens? 
The centurion says, you don't need to come to my house. You don't even need to come to your house. I'm not worthy. You know, this guy wasn't part of the people of God. He says, I'm, you know, you, you are not worthy to enter into my house. Just speak. Just speak and my servant will be healed. Because, because that's what I do. I speak to, to soldiers and they do what I say. I have authority in the Roman army and people do what I say. And so I know that if you speak, my servant will be healed. Do you know what? We can, we can speak a lot of things away from our home nowadays, can't we? We can speak a lot of things using one of these things here away from our home. You know, I know, I know there's people who can kind of speak and go, uh, turn the heating on. And the heating comes on at home. Can anyone do that? There you go. I, I know people who can go, uh, turn, the lights, turn the lights on. And the lights will turn on. And my dad at Christmas made it so that he could turn the Christmas tree lights on. What use that is, I don't know when you're not at home, but he could. So I'd say a word, Christmas tree lights. And the lights turn on at your home. You don't even have to be there anymore. You don't have to be in your home. Say the word. And it happens. But listen, Jesus. Jesus says the word. He doesn't have to go to the man's house. He can say the word. And this man will be healed. This is who Jesus is. And the centurion, this Roman guard, he recognizes it. He knows when Jesus speaks, God speaks. So compassion matters. Authority matters. See, this is Jesus come to us. He knows this is Jesus come to us. This is God come to us and he has authority over every sickness and every disease. And Jesus is amazed by this man's faith. He's amazed not because this man believes that Jesus can heal, but he recognizes who Jesus is. And that's what and Jesus then goes on. He takes this kind of thing. He starts talking to the people around him and says, look, this is faith. This is what really matters in life. What you make of me, how you see me. And, and not just kind of in your head, but how you decide to center your whole life around me and how you choose to make me the center of your life. This is faith, Jesus says. And then he uses this wonderful picture of what it means to become part of the people of God, what it means to be accepted as God's children. And he says this, it's like a feast. It's like a meal. It's like a party. I'm sure many of our um, people from other nations will know, will get that. The welcome of a feast. Not like a rubbish English feast with volivons and things like that. Feast. A real feast, a party, an invite. There's been lots of talk in the news this week about parties, hasn't there? And who's been at a party? Who hasn't been at a party? Jesus says, this is the party you want to be at. This is the feast that I want to invite you to. It's wonderful, it's, it's wonderful imagery, isn't it? In fact, it's imagery that they would understand as well because... This is what um, Isaiah prophesied hundreds of years ago. Isaiah 25, verse 6. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats, the finest of wines. I, I love that. All peoples, Isaiah prophesies. And Jesus is there saying people will come from the east and from the west. This is for all 
people. And we get a wonderful um, insight into that as people, all of us actually, all of us invited in, aren't we? All of us are invited into that together from every nation, Jesus is saying. See, this centurion wasn't part of the people of God. And Jesus is saying, do you know what? He gets the invite into being part of the people of God. Why? Because he recognizes who I am. Listen, if you're not a Christian this morning, if you wouldn't call yourself a Christian here today, listen, that's what, that's what it means to follow Jesus. That's what it means to be a Christian. It means to put your faith in Jesus. It means to decide to center your life around him. And you're invited into this feast, this, this, this imagery of a feast, of a party with him, not based on your ethnicity, not based on how you can impress God, not based on your performance, but based on faith. And what you make of Jesus. Okay, thirdly, we have Peter's mother-in-law. So, so, you know, they've been out doing stuff and they come back to Peter's house, it seems, or Peter's mother-in-law's house, and she's in bed with a fever. See, we, we read that, don't we? She's in bed with a fever. They come back, they're probably hungry. They're probably tired. And unfortunately, they find Peter's mother-in-law in bed. I've always found this healing odd. Have you? It's a bit of a funny one, isn't it? I'm going, it's, it's not the most exciting of healings, is it? It's not the most exciting of stories, it seems. His mother-in-law's got a fever in bed, and, and Jesus, you know, heals her, and she gets up and probably, probably cooks some food for them or something like that. You kind of go, why is, why is that included in here, in the gospel? Why has Matthew included it? Well, I, I found... This quote from Michael Green, the, the British Bible teacher Michael Green, which I found really, really helpful. It says this. He says, The purpose of this particular miracle story was surely to lift their faith that God would heal in their own homes and those of the people near them. Jesus laid his hand on the woman and she was healed. And the disciples should do likewise. See what he's saying? He's saying, this story is here to lift our faith that our friends, our family, your family, my family, matter. They matter. They matter to God. Compassion matters. Authority matters. Our friends and family matter. That work friend that you work with, that you know, needs God's healing touch. That family member right now that you know needs God's healing. They matter to Jesus. And we're going we're gonna to be praying at the end of this morning. And, you know, those friends, those family members might not be here this morning. But do you know what? We can bring them to Jesus this morning in our prayers because they matter to him. They do. They matter. Okay. Finally, finally, I just want us to look at this verse 17 where it says this. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and he bore or he carried our diseases. Okay, we're going to have to go a little bit deeper with this. Are we okay doing that for a few minutes before we pray? We're going to go a little bit deeper. Is that okay? It's good. Yep, we're up for it. Excellent. Okay, this verse has had many and has many different interpretations 
over the years throughout different Christian groupings, different, different Christian theologies, different Christian ideas. But it's, it's Isaiah prophesying hundreds of years before Jesus. And, and, he's, and the prophecy that Isaiah has of this suffering servant from Isaiah um, 53, I think it is. Maybe you've got it in your Bible and it says Isaiah, around the, Isaiah the 50s, somewhere around there. It says that uh, it's primarily talking about Jesus on the cross taking our sin and our rejection of God on himself and paying the price for it. That's what it's primarily about. And so Matthew here is connecting healing with the cross. Now, he's not, saying, he's not saying that you're sick because of this sin or that sin. He's not saying that. He's not saying that's how sickness works. But he is saying this. Look, sickness is a result of our fallen world. It is. And the cross is the centerpiece of God's plan to restore that fallen world, to put everything right again, to put everything in its right place. And so at the cross, Jesus paid for our sin and our rejection of God. But do you know what? He also dealt a fatal blow to sickness and to death. The cross matters. That's our fourth point. The cross matters. Listen, this isn't some kind of claim your healing. You know, the cross has done it all. All you need to do is muster up enough faith to claim your healing. That's not what I'm saying. This is not some kind of um, reject reality and just believe it and you will be healed theology. But at the same time, it's this. Look, the question is not longer, will God heal? It's when. It's when. Will he do it today in his grace and his love? Or will it be at the end of time when we're with him and he brings perfect healing? The question is not will, but when, because of the cross. And so that means that when we look to the victory of the cross, when we look to the one who is compassionate, when we look to the one who has all authority, we can know that he's present to heal. We can know that he loves to heal. We can know that he's here today amongst us in our midst and he wants to heal. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to believe that God wants to heal this morning. We're going to bring our friends and our family before God. We're going to come before God this morning. Perhaps you know I'm, I'm carrying this at the moment. I have this sickness or this condition or whatever it might be. And I know God can heal this morning. And so I'm coming to him because he's compassionate. He has authority. And because of the cross. We're going to do that this morning. I just want to take a moment just to stop and to pray. Some of you might even have Perhaps words of healing in God's grace. He might have just given us words about different conditions. And, and that might be you. You might be saying, do you know what? I think God wants to heal this in someone this morning. I'm going to ask you to come out and use the microphone in a minute if that's the case. In fact, come out now while I start praying. That'll help. Um, but let's come before this God this morning who wants to heal, who is compassionate, who is loving, who's kind. We're coming to him. We're coming to him who dealt a fatal blow to sickness and death at the cross. And so, Jesus, we look to you. I wonder if the band could come up as well at this moment.
perhaps, perhaps anyone's, if anyone's got a word of healing, anyone thinks, you know, senses God is saying this, perhaps come and use this microphone here. But we believe God is here this morning to heal. Perhaps you know you need, perhaps you're either coming before God this morning for a friend, family member. Perhaps you know. Why don't you stand up this morning? Just stand up where you are. I'm not going to ask you to come out to the front or anything like that. But if you know you're coming before God this morning, maybe like the centurion on behalf of his servant, or maybe it's you this morning, you need God's healing touch. Just stand. Just stand. We could look around. We'll either be standing or we'll be praying. We could look around at our friends. These are our friends. Our friends and family matter. That's what we've learned. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you're, if you're not stood up, just hold your hands out. Reach out your hand to someone near you. Jesus, by his power, wants to heal this morning, to bring wellness, to bring wholeness, to show his glory.